Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast. My name is Scott Cowie. I am the author of the book Things You Won't Believe About Music, which is available on Amazon. It's the greatest book that anyone's ever written, including Shakespeare, because he's an idiot. In 2021, I won the Edinburgh Marathon. I did. I ran it. You have to do it virtually. By I stupidly ran it three weeks before everybody else. That, however, meant that I crossed the finishing line before everyone. So they're a bunch of schmucks. I'm a world-class athlete and I'm a podcaster. The talk music podcast that you're listening to right now. We're right off the back of the fantastic interview with Steve Gadd. And now we've got the viral godmother of drums herself, Dorothea Taylor. There can only be one fantastic interview. Follow Dorothea on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. She is everywhere and she is awesome. Check it out. I am back on the Talk Music Podcast, and I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by the woman, the godmother of drums. Everything she touches turns to viral. The awesome Dorothea Taylor. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. (laughs) It's been quite a year and a half. (sighs) (laughs) Have you had a day off? Really unexpected for somebody like me. I'm just a normal lady who just happens to play the drums. You know, I'm I'm not famous, but now I am for some crazy reason. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about lockdown, first of all, because I believe that's where it really started to gather momentum. Am I right in saying that? Um, I did, ha- I think the viral videos... Some of them that I had previously, like just rudimental videos, had gone viral already. But then during lockdown, it just, there was so many different opportunities coming my way. On I would see the messages on Instagram and some, a little bit on Facebook, but mostly Instagram. And then, then I started a TikTok and then it went viral also. And so it's just been amazing but I've picked up so many opportunities like I said but I've picked up so many uh, students so I'm I'm still teaching viral uh, virtually and it's just been so fun so I have been busy during this lockdown I haven't had time to to be bored with lockdown at all I love the story and I'll kind of set it up and I'll put it over to yourself and I hope I'm getting this right Your husband and your good self are about to watch a movie and you say to him, listen, I need to get that. I need to film a video. I need to film something. Talk to me about this. Yeah, that was just recent, like what, a month or so ago? And it had been maybe a week. And on TikTok, people like to see you every, every day or every two or three days. And I had been doing like every two or three days. But it had been like seven or eight, and we had been outdoors, and we came in the house, and it was just turning dark, and my husband said, well, let's go in our, it's called a sunroom, but Carolina room, since I live in Carolina, and let's watch a movie. And I said, okay, and I have to go in the kitchen and do one of my kitchen videos, and he was like, okay. <laughs> so I wasn't even warmed up. And people had been just asking over and over, how do you get your double so fast? How do you get your double so fast? Well, the main word is practice. You know, I can't really tell you too much more than practice. And so 
I said, I'll just do a doubles video. This is how you play doubles. And, you know, I started slow because that's what you do. You start slow. And each day, you should be able to increase in increments, small increments, and get your doubles faster if you're, you know, doing it correctly. And <clears throat> so, like I said, I wasn't warmed up or anything. So it wasn't even that great of a video because when I started, whoops, when I started doing it fast, I think my left hand was getting weird right in here because I wasn't warm. And so then I brought it back out into slow and I went ahead and posted it. Got up the next morning, it had 1.2 million <laughs> views. <laughs> and, and then since then, it has like 45 million or something now. Oh, no way. And that's just a normal day for you, though, isn't it? A couple of million on a video. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what does your husband think of this newfound fame, so to speak? Well, let's say he's putting up with it because he's <laughs> not a musician. Even though his name is James Taylor. <laughs> you married James Taylor. I made, married James Taylor. But he's, he doesn't, he's not into music. He never goes with me to a gig. Never sees me play. You know, he just could care less, really. And so, is that, is that so, a good thing, though? Because you're not going to get carried away with us, aren't you? Not? Because he's, keeping, he's always going to keep you down to earth with that mindset. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So it's probably ended up being a good balance because uh, last week we had our 51st wedding anniversary. Many congratulations. So he's put up with me that long. He still doesn't understand why I love it so much, but he has put up with it. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Like, I think unless, as you know, last a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Steve Gadd for about 40 minutes and I, I, I could have spoke to him for about three days about drum rudiments alone, about the different variations of it and how much we love it. I think unless you're a, a drummer, I know a couple of non-drummer friends and musicians who kind of understand like, the rudiments and their value and, and how much we, we like them. What was it that, that, that drawn you to that specifically? Um, and I'm not just talking about drums in general. What do you think it was that grasped you into, I want to learn more about the sticking and the rudiments and, and everything that goes along with that? Yeah. Well, because luckily I was from a very small town, like I've told in several podcasts, but we were so lucky to have a drum and bugle corps. And so when I grew up, you know, throughout the whole summer, you could hear them practicing right near our home. And so I was always listening and hearing and they would, have parades for this festival, that festival, this festival, and then they would have a big drum corps competition sometime in the summer <clears throat> where other big corps were invited. And if we went, I don't even know if I went all those years, you know, I, as I was growing up, <clears throat> but I could hear them. And I always had music in my blood. And so I knew that I was going to play music of some sort you know so I played the piano I took piano lessons for six years and still I'm the church organist at our church for 39 years now so I'm still doing that but I still had this drive for I heard those drums and I was like oh I want to play those drums but how do I go about it and so finally in eighth grade when I was 13 I went to the drum and bugle corps in the fall 
when the, their season was over and they were going to start practicing for the upcoming season and asked them if I could play in the drum line. And it wasn't anything weird. They, they said, sure. So I signed up, started learning uh, the rudiments. And, you know, they showed us how to hold the sticks and probably started out with uh, doubles. I, I feel like we'd started out with just doubles, you know. And we were all standing around a ping pong table at the American Legion building. It was a huge wooden ping pong table. And all of us drummers were around that table. So every so, so many inches, there was a, like a worn spot of the wood chipped from all of our sticks because we didn't have practice pads. And we would be there twice a week for a couple hours. So, you know, if we learned doubles, then I would work on doubles until the next week. And I practiced. I'd get up in the morning because it was just in my blood. I got up in the morning, put my clothes on. My mom was fixing breakfast before school started. I would go in our dining room, on our dining room table, and just work on what, you know, we were supposed to work on for the week. Come, I, I got to go home for lunch. So I would walk home, pick up the sticks before I even ate lunch. Eat, eat lunch, run back in there, even if it was one minute or something, just paradiddle, 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 working on those to get them fast. Within three months, I surpassed the kids that were already in there for a whole year because I loved it so much. Paradiddles, double paradiddles, triple paradiddles, drag paradiddles. And it was like, feed me more, 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 more. And I've been playing rudiments ever since. And I feel the reason I love Steve Gadd is because his style just reminds me of, you know, the, the, the guy who started our drum and bugle corps. He had that same marching style. He was in the military. And when he got out, he started this drum corps. And I watch Steve and it's just, it just brings back memories. It's very evident, isn't it? See, when you see someone play, um, oh, yeah. that they've got that background. You can just, the way they hold the sticks, the posture, the general technique, Yep, I think you can spot it a mile. Yeah, when I first, before I even knew who Steve Gadd really was, I knew just by watching him what, what he had to have in his history, you know. I just knew that it had to be there because he, he looks like no one else. Other drummers have different, every drummer has a different technique. But I could see that marching rudimental technique in his playing and that's how I like to play also. Because the there's, I think there's certain songs that are really good songs. There's certain songs that are, you know, a, a, a selection that are great. And there's an even fewer amount that are an absolute work of art. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover is a work of art. That's my, like my favorite thing to do on the kit. I oh, love really? that. Yes. I was playing, I was filling in for someone a drummer that was out of town for a couple of weeks and he had a gig somewhere else. So they asked me to fill in two or three weeks and I had never played with that group before. Um, so we, you know, played several nights a week. I think it might've been like five nights a week. And he said, tomorrow night we're going to do 50 ways. And I really had never even thought about that song, even thought about playing it. So I went home and listened and I came up with my own version, so it sounded correct. But then when I got the book, I could see where 
you know, that hi-hat was in there for that downbeat. I was playing something very similar, but when I went back the next night and they said, okay, you ready for it? And I said, yeah. And so, you know, the drums start first mm-hmm. and they all turned around. I remember them all turning around because all the drummers that they had had before couldn't even come close to that. So they were like just so excited that I was playing it. They didn't know that I wasn't doing it exactly as Steve, but it sounded exactly like I didn't have the correct hand sticking and coming over onto the hi-hats and stuff, but it still sounded good. But now, you know, I have the book and so I know exactly what he does. Oh, it's great. He's just, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's an artist. He really is an artist. I think he's, yeah. uh, I've got this thing as well. I tell people that if you were to put Steve Gadd into a room full of great drummers, Steve Gadd would be the person that everybody would describe as a great drummer, you know, because he's just so respected, like a legend yeah. amongst legends and all those things. Yeah. I was really, sorry, on you go. He just has a different flavor and just, it just uh, catches you, catches your eye and your ear. Uh, actually, I, I watched him drum with your husband, James Taylor, um, <laughs> a few years back in Glasgow. <laughs> it was amazing. Abs- absolutely oh. great. Um, obviously, plays with Clapton. Another gentleman that's played with Clapton, Ginger Baker. I was really excited to hear that you're a big Cream fan. Um, yeah. tell, tell me what that's you think how of I started. Oh, really? That's how I started. Mm-hmm. I, the first albums that I bought were Cream, uh, Zeppelin, Iron Butterfly. Back back in the day, put it on my little small little record player and cranked it all the way up. And then I would get mad because as soon as I started playing, then I couldn't hear the music because <laughs> back back then there were no headphones. <laughs> Um, I think, well, given that you're talking about that time frame, and I'll just tread carefully here because I don't want to sound, you know, I need, I need to be careful. I see you're pointing me already, so I'm going to choose my words here, okay, which is difficult for any drummer um, like me. But Ginger Baker, everybody talks about how much of an impact he had. Nobody came before him. And I think he really needed to, to be around it at the time. My dad was a big Beatles fan, and he said, he used to always say, listen, son, until you were there, you'll never be able to fully appreciate the impact that they had. So similar to Ginger Baker, when you first heard him, is it right that everybody says, was there nothing like that beforehand? Was he a real pioneer in that area? Yeah, yeah. It was like, wow, who is that? Because it was different than, like you say, like what you were hearing on different records and and what you were seeing on TV. Yeah, it was different. I guess that's why I liked it so much. Uh, he's a great player as well. There's actually, um, he's only, per- he, was, he was the first person that I heard playing the Paradiddle in 12-8. Um, so he does a lot of really good stuff um, like that. It's, it's great. And again, rudiments, rudiments, rudiments. We all love it. So we're back on to talking about yourself. One thing, and I'm just throwing some random things at you. I watched an interview, right, when you were talking about the path of Flafla. And you said, yeah, and I demonstrate this on my Instagram. Dorothea, I've been trying for a couple of days. I can't find that clip. Can you tell me about the path of Flafla around the kit, how you do it, and, and everything that might go along with that? Oh, gosh, I can't even remember. But it's just, I think I might have been talking about uh, how to apply different rudiments because there are so many drummers that don't play any rudiments. Nothing. They don't even know if they happen to play a paradiddle, they don't even know it's a paradiddle. Mm-hmm. But there are so many rudiments like uh, 
Swiss Army triplets. Uh, uh, Steve Smith is playing this Swiss Army triplet thing on his toms. But nobody, unless you're trained with rudiments, you don't know that those are Swiss Armies. And the same thing with pataflaflas. So you're hearing ja, 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 ja. So you can put that samba bass drum with that. I don't know what it'll sound like if I do it. I don't know if it'll be too loud. It sounds great. Uh, listen, I hope you don't mind. I've stolen something from you. Okay. The flammed mill. Okay. Yeah, and those are fun to play. Really good. Okay, so before I before I record it and I put it up and I, I, I as if I'm pretending that it's my own, I want to just tell everybody, I want to just tell the world that I've stolen that from you. If you could be so kind to perhaps play that on the snare and then play it on the right cymbal and snare like that you've done in the Okay, on, just I do that scene. the single single flam mill, right? Yes. What a treat this is. And the kit sounds great, by the way. It sounds great. We got to do this, right? Can you give us the other angle? Oh, yeah. We got to see this. This is why okay. Dorothea is the benchmark for everybody. Look at this. <laughs> There's camera number one, ladies and gentlemen. Now watch this. Here we go. Look at that. Look at that. Play, play the flammed mill with that angle. Here we go. This is, this is great. Excellent. It's excellent. If we could go back to the other angle now, Dorothea. Sorry about this. I'm, 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 I'm thinking I'm, I'm a film producer now. I'm getting carried away. But listen, <laughs> this is a great setup. Tell us about the setup. And you were telling me um, before we started recording, it, it kind of stemmed over the last year. Is that right? Yeah. So I already had this drum set. And I, I purchased it on a really killer deal. And they're DWs, they're the collectors. I think they were collectors. Satin oil with the, the gold hardware. And so I've had them for almost 20 years probably, but they look like they're brand new. And I was telling, <laughs> telling you that uh, the only time they've been out of the house is, I, I worked in a music store and 
people knew me in the music store. And I guess they knew that I had drums, you know, probably through word of mouth, through the musicians in town, that I had a nice drum set. And so the, the bass clinic given by Victor Wooten and Steve Bailey, they did it several years. I don't know that they're still doing it, but Victor Wooten came into town, into Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, because Steve Bailey moved back here. He used to be on the road with like Willie Nelson and all kinds of people, killer bass player, and he was in Bass Magazine and all. So they do a bass camp. So they bring in top-notch musicians for their end of the day after they teach different classes. Then in the evenings, they would do a concert for everyone. And so they brought in like all kinds of bass players. So they would have the stage filled with bass players. And one would be, you know, playing the melody. One would be playing the keyboard part just on bass. And so they had like the bass player that was on uh, David Letterman. I've forgotten what his name is. And just oh, amazing musicians. Well, the college was hosting it. The college didn't have, at that time, a decent drum set for their guest drummers. And the guest drummer, the first year that I heard about the camp, was Greg Bissonette. So he was coming in from California and no drums to play, so they asked me. And so I said, yeah, if Greg Bissonette is going to play them, sure. So I still have the autographed heads. Uh, so I packed them up, and somebody from the college came, one of the students came and helped me, and we took them to the college, got them set up for Greg. So he played them one year. Next year he came back, gave me a call. I need your drums again. And so I, I gave them again for the second year. So they did my cymbals, my what symbols I had back then. I didn't have the Pisces yet. And uh, so they were in, you know, the recordings of, of those concerts. And then the third year, I didn't tell you this, um, Kenny Arnoff was, was their drummer for that year. And so he borrowed them. And so the drums went out again. So those three times are the only times that my drums have been out of the house. So they're just in great condition. So that was my normal setup. Well, Drumeo contacted me and asked if I would be interested in being one of the Drumeo coaches for a whole year. So we have to do a lesson every week. On, my time is uh, noontime on Tuesday afternoons. And it goes worldwide, but then they're, they're in the uh, archives after that, and you can go back and find them. But <clears throat> I said, sure, I would love to do it, but gosh, I didn't know what it would take. I didn't even own a computer. And so I had to purchase you know, a computer, which is, I got like a really, really nice computer. And I had to get cameras, the stands, all of the mics, <clears throat> so it was quite a process. And then I had to have somebody from Drumeo um, did like a, a FaceTime with someone that came in and helped me put it all together because I had no idea how to, to set all this up. And then we had to even have the, the Ethernet cable go directly, plug in directly. We had to go in through the attic. My husband had to crawl in through the attic. And 
<laughs> get all that set up so it could go directly into the computer. And so that's what I've been working with, all this setup. And so I get to record good quality stuff um, for myself, too, through all of this setup. And then this will be mine. You know, this is mine now. It's, it's not Drumeo's. It's mine. It's, it's the setup's phenomenal. And Dorothea, to be honest with you, like, when you were about to play the kit, I was, that's by far the best. I'm not just saying this. Drum kits over Zoom generally don't sound that great because there's so much latency, there's so many issues with it. The kit sounds brilliant. Good. I'm glad. Thank so you. That's, that's really, I mean, that, it's great. The setup is great. The, the camera at the top, that's fantastic. That's, yeah. that's, that's next level, as they say. Yeah. So, um, and there's, <clears throat> there's room for two more cameras, but like an overhead, I mean, um, <clears throat> a foot camera and probably like a front forward camera, but I don't know if I'll do that. Oh, you gotta go for it. You gotta <laughs> listen. If it seems like it's getting uh, like, like it's getting over the top, then you're just simply heading in the right direction. You know. Okay. So definitely go with that. I want to talk to you about your brush technique, okay? Because this is something that you know. Because I know that you get the marching background, and you played many different cover bands and all the rest of it. At what stage did it require you to to play with brushes so often? Because I'm trying to kind of pinpoint that in your career. <clears throat> hmm. I think I may have just done it on my own so that when I did get the chance to be called to play a jazz gig, because I've done a lot of just freelance, where locally, though, uh, somebody will call and say, can you play such and such on Saturday night? And it's like, sure, but, but they want, it's going to be real soft and they want maybe just brushes or something. So, you know, I had to, to be prepared. So I think I just... I, got some brush videos and just tried to to copy and you know work things out on my own and then you know I've played several jazz gigs since then so I just taught myself it's great I mean the brush technique for me it's, it's something that I've I can't I can't do that very well at all to be honest with you I think it's a completely different skill set and you need to really spend a lot of time doing it but it seems to just come so naturally to yourself. I know, I know, we're, we're, we keep going back to him, but somebody like Steve Gadd, obviously, he's he's great in that front as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, it's fun to watch everybody. Like, there's correct brush techniques, like I mentioned on my Drumio video, but yet <clears throat> everyone that does dress brush technique, like uh, Jeff Hamilton, is one of my favorite jazz drummers, and Peter Erskine. And Clayton Cameron, who did a concert here several years ago with Tony Bennett, and I fell in love with him. I bought his uh, DVD, and it was just incredible. Everybody plays brushes, but everyone still has their own little, you know, own little technique. But it's all correct. So there's there's correct ways to play, and there's incorrect ways to play. But yet everyone has little variances. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's great talking to you about drums. It's very evident you're a wealth of knowledge, particularly as we go back to the rudiments and, and you know how they apply to the kit and all the rest of it. You mentioned earlier there's a lot of drummers that, you know, they don't, they're not applying the rudiments to the kit. As well as that, can, and teaching so many people as well, can you think of perhaps the most common mistake or mistakes that young drummers make today 
Well, I've got to think about this. Uh, if they don't have, if they've not taken any instruction, or if they haven't really paid attention, then they, they tend to not use their wrists and stroking to get clean drum work done. So, you know, they might play, they might say, yeah, I can play a double stroke roll, but, but it's like where they're just dropping, like dropping the sticks. Well, that's not really a, drum, a double stroke roll. You want to be able to hear each tap. So I think a lot of people don't spend that time working on technique. When you're playing your doubles, you want that second tap pronounced a little bit. Ta-ta, ta-ta, ta-ta. So a good way to practice those is really accent that second tap to make yourself stroke those those doubles so even if I start going fast you can still hear and and so I think a lot of drummers they don't pay attention to specifics and if you learn these from the beginning it just makes all of your stickings nice and clean when you're going around the kit. They're not sloppy, just, you know, just pushed and dropped in there. They're nice and clean. That's, That's some great one, advice. one thing I think of. That's some great advice. Um, we mentioned your Instagram earlier. I love seeing it. And wherever you're traveling, it seems, there's a practice pad, there's a pair of sticks. You take them, you take them everywhere you go? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Great. <laughs> and so regardless you're on holiday and all the rest of it but you, do you have any sort of right okay I'm away for three days there I can't not play drums for that period of time do you get that kind of little bit of I don't know guilt anxiety about the fact that you're going for a period of time not practicing I do I do uh, like in the summer before COVID last summer we always go in our RV and go to Michigan go back to my home in Michigan, because I still have relatives there, and it's just nice there in the in the summer, and so I don't have a drum set, but I always have something. I have my practice pad, my sticks, but then I'll take my cajon. Uh, this summer, now we we leave in a few weeks, and so we're going to be gone for four weeks, and somehow I'm supposed to manage and teach that drumio lesson, so I'm d debating on what trying to fit something that will fit into the, the camper or the our RV, stick it under the bed while we're traveling or something, because I'm going to have to give lessons. So I don't know what I'm taking yet. Because I do have, I don't know if you're aware of, uh, the they're called Pure Cushion. It's a Pure Cushion kit. Yes. Is this, well, just so I'm talking about the right thing. Is it, it's almost like it just looks like a skin. It's just the head, the drum head with a rim, like the rims are dot I dot yes. M dot, uh, what was it called? I forgot what the R stood for, integrated mounting system. Mm -hmm. I forgot what the R stand f stood for. But I, I got that kit years and years ago when, uh, when they were 
available and someone purchased one and they were on a payment plan and they didn't pay for it. And so the people that I worked with had to go and to their house and take it back to the store. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how much are you going to sell that for? <laughs> and so it was a mess already. And it was only a few months old. person didn't take care of it. I put new heads on it. And I, I couldn't let it go. So I've had it ever since. But it's so portable. It just folds flat. Or you can take all the drums or the heads off and stack them also. So that's probably what I'll do. And so I can have a... a drum kit as close to a drum kit with me as possible but it sounds really good i have the evans heads on it and it sounds pretty darn good sounds really good is it just a little bit quieter than a general acoustic kit yeah yeah yep. going back to the practicing thing right i like i love geeking out and just talking about drums and rhythms okay do you have a certain amount of time that you have to practice every day or do you just practice as much as you can depending on what you're doing yeah just little bits here and there. And then when I'm teaching, I'm not really practicing, but I'm playing along yeah. with them. So, you know, that's getting some, some playing done also. And then if I'm just sitting watching TV, I'll have my pad. I can turn it on my quiet side here. Love it. That's great. Yeah, this what practice pad is that? Pad. Is that a drum practice pad? Yeah, Drumeo quiet pad. So it's just um, foam, but it. So I can turn the TV up enough where my husband can hear the TV, but I can still practice. <laughs> so is 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 um one of the world's greatest songwriters, James Taylor? Is he okay with you constantly practicing while watching TV? Is that is that okay with him? Well, not really, but I do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> rock and roll, rock and roll and all that. <laughs> um, so, so much to, to, to speak about. This interview is going to be, have to be one of 20 that we're going to have to do. This is part one of 20, I've got to say. <laughs> um, now, talking about percussion a minute ago, last time before I, I let you get away, the, you were playing a box, a, a kind of percussion box, and you were playing it like congas, and I've tried to find this thing. Um, do you know what I'm referring to at all? Oh, what I just what I just received like two weeks ago? It might well have been. Let me just check here. So it's it's almost like a, a bass sound and a snare sound that it sounds really it sounds it sounds like a cajon, but you're kinda you've got a, a black strap around yeah. Yeah. that sits there. What is yeah. that thing called? <clears throat> cajon tab. So C A G J O N tab, mm -hmm. T A B. And uh, so it's the bongo cajon tab that they sent me. Right. And so it has, you know, two different pitches, but then it has snares on one side. So it, it can be your snare drum and your, you know, lower bass or tom or whatever. It's really cool. It's right there. <laughs> I can get it if you want. On you go. On you go. I'm intrigued. I hope that's not too much hassle, is it? No. Excellent. I'm talking to Dorothea Taylor, and to save me editing this out later on, what a treat. Dorothea mentioned Drumio there, we'd be as well putting this in context. So Drumio is a fantastic website um, that's got tons and tons of free drummers and uh, free drum lessons, and 
great drummers like Dorothea give tons of lessons on it. So you should check it out. They're all free. And it's very, very informative indeed. Look at this thing. This is a Cajon tab. Okay. So this is this is going to be worth the wait. Because these things are great. I'm going to get myself one of these. A Cajon tab. And I suppose technically speaking, you could march while playing it. Because you've got a strap that you can use. I had to get plugged back in. I don't know if you heard me throughout that, but I was kind of talking. I was advertising your videos yeah, in Drumio. I, 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 I can hear I, you. I kept it going. I kept it going. I'm trying to be a pro. Look at this. Sounds lovely. Wow. So it has the tone holes on both sides. And then it has your snares right there. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. So did you, it sounds great. Did you have to, so when you're wanting to use a snare, you flick that thing up and it just gets held down the other way for different sounds. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Cajon tab. Right, okay. I'm getting myself one of these. So much fun. Uh, that, that sounds great. And have you had it mic'd up and stuff? Have I had what? Have you had it mic'd up? So have you had a, a, a microphone on it for a, a when you're oh, uh, not, playing not live? Oh, not yet. <clears throat> not yet. Okay. I want to, but I... I'm so busy. Oh, just, it must be just, I, I mentioned earlier, have you had a day off in the last few months? I would imagine, because you get videos out all the time, is it just, a, a day off must be quite rare. It really is, because on Mondays, I usually prepare all my stuff for the lesson on Tuesday for, for Drumeo, and then I have students right after that. I have one before that. And, and two or three after that on Tuesday, and then students on Wednesday, and students on Thursday. But um, I'm going to have a new grandbaby on Wednesday morning, so we I have to take, were, take a little time off. We were discussing this. Many congratulations. You've been married. And to you, you too. Yes. Um, yeah, I've recently became a father, and yeah, that's, that's really something. That's really yeah. something. It's amazing. It's great. And I just really hope I'm not messing it up. I really, really hope not. I'm trying every day. <laughs> he, he likes music, you know? Oh, good. good. But we play the piano. That stops him crying and all the rest of it. But listen, mm -hmm. let's talk more about yourself. Many, many congratulations on becoming a grandmother for the second time. Is that right? Just my second time, yeah. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. So Dorothea Taylor, this has been unbelievable. Drumio is where we can find all your stuff. You're on Instagram as well. If, we're, if you're watching this, everyone, you're probably following Dorothea online. She's got tons of followers. She's the most viral person I've ever spoken to. Absolutely unbelievable. Dorothea, many, many congratulations on everything that you've, you've achieved um, for well, years now, but particularly the last year and a half, two years. It's been unbelievable. Please do us all a favor. And please keep these videos coming because I can't steal enough of your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try.
<laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. As per usual, a gigantic thank you to Ron North for producing this podcast. You can also watch it on YouTube, by the way. So if you notice there throughout the podcast, we're referring to a couple of things visually. So you'll need to go and check that out. It has been an absolute pleasure. As per usual, check out the previous episodes. There's a ton and there's a ton coming up. Stay safe, everyone. The pandemic is nearly over. We hope... I hope everyone's doing good. Follow me everywhere. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Dorothea Taylor is the same as I said earlier. Sayonara, as they say in China. <laughs>